0: Time to take our weekly look at the economy. We've got a jobs report to break down with a lot of good news in it. And we will be breaking things down with economist David Fiorenza. Give a listen. So let's start with the jobs report from March. Uh, a lot of good news, I think, on a lot of levels. More than 430,000 jobs added. The unemployment rate is down again, 3.6%. Let's just kind of start with that, the the headline that everybody looks at. Uh, that We're going in a really good direction here.
1: We really are. I'm, I'm really happy. If we just take a look at one number, unemployment continues to go down. Uh, it's a tight labor market. People are not laying off their workers and people are actually increasing the hourly wages and they're giving incentives to people to come back to work, giving incentives for people to stay working too as well. So this is exciting news. Again, I'm happy with the numbers that I see.
0: And you mentioned wages, uh, they were up in March 0.4% uh, and up 5.6% over the last year. And I get inflation's an issue and we'll talk a little bit about inflation, but we are seeing really, really strong wage growth that I think that gets pushed aside because of all the inflation concern.
1: It does. That got pushed aside as as well as the fact that you have the uh, Ukraine, Russia, Uh, That was in the news 24-7 almost, and some of this economic news is not looked at as much. So we do have inflation, I agree, but we also have wages increasing. It's not making up for it 100%, but it's a pretty darn good chance that you will see wages increase the rest of this year.
0: Labor force participation. In this jobs report, we saw more than 400,000 people, the increase, Uh, And we are at the highest number of adults employed since before the pandemic, a little over 60%. Once again, that's another really good point.
1: It is, Matt. And also, if you take the ages 25 to 54, this is what the Bureau of Labor Statistics does. They break things down into demographics. The unemployment rate is at 3%. And it hasn't been that low since I think 1973, something of that nature. So that's a really good thing for that demographic. People below 25, uh, maybe there's unemployment because uh, they're still changing jobs, uh, they're still getting their education, and they got out of school, and they're still looking for a job. But I think these are very good numbers when you have the labor Department reporting over four hundred and thirty thousand people jobs. That's great.
0: And so, if my math is correct, in twenty twenty two, we have seen one point six job one point six million
1: jobs added, which is remarkable. It it is. Um, also, it also could be confusing because that's the same number that the Labor Department put out as one point six more out of work than there were in February of twenty twenty but there's more people in the labor force uh, that have are coming back to the labor force. Remember, we were at 20% unemployment there for a while, and it was really, really scary. I think um, the fact that we have inflation, it's because we pump money into the economy, but I think I'd rather have the low unemployment rate than, I, than have 20% of the workforce being out of work. Look, Retail added 49,000 jobs. Hospitality, we've talked about that. Tourism added 112,000 jobs. They are very good job gains.
0: Let's talk about inflation. What are you seeing on that front? And also, one of the big drivers of inflation is energy, gas prices. We've talked about the kind of the outsized effect they have on American psyche when it comes to how things are going, because uh, so much of it seems to be based on on gas prices. But we're seeing oil come down, and we should expect gas prices
1: to, to start coming down too, no? I would think so. In the last week I've been tracking it, uh, the price of a barrel of oil has decreased 11%. This morning it was... Under $100 a barrel. Now, that's still high compared to what we saw a couple of years ago or even last year. But it's not as high as my pundit friends have been saying it's going to go to 150 a barrel. I don't think it'll go that high. Uh, and you're also going to see the fact that food and energy prices are probably the highest portion of your uh, inflation. Look, this is making companies sharpen their pencils even more, become more efficient, do things that are out there to cut costs. They're not cutting people, but they're cutting costs. As long as people can stay employed, you're still going to see a high demand. We pumped so much money into the economy the past two years during the pandemic. Of course, there's going to be inflation, Matt. And we talked about that off the air as well. So with oil prices,
0: President Biden, in an attempt to, to try to lower them, really kind of I think one of the few moves that a president has because we always like to equate gas prices and blame whoever is in office but he's releasing millions of barrels of oil from the strategic reserve it seems like this is by far the most if that ends up he's gonna uh, basically a million a day for for six months uh how do you think this is does this have real world impact or is this more political impact
1: A little bit of both, Matt, and this is not uncommon. I've seen other presidents do this in the past, uh, going way back to, um, I guess, the Nixon years. Uh, It's just not reported widely now because... We have a 24-hour news cycle, not just with radio, but we also have with other outlets as well. Uh, And this is is why this is so closely watched. A president will will get the blame for high gas prices, but they should also take um, the praise when the prices go down. Uh, It's really controlled more by the companies themselves, is there price gouging a little bit out there? Absolutely. It's not the mom and pop gas stations doing it. It's the large corporations are taking advantage of it, the situation. And I think that's starting to be reported and they're getting a little scared and prices are starting to come down, Matt.
0: What are you seeing on the housing front these days?
1: Well, I am seeing the fact that the the average price of a home is still over four hundred thousand dollars, uh, and it's hard to find affordable housing in various sectors of the country, such as San Francisco, L.A., New York. Uh, there's still a lot of activity I see in the tri-state area. Uh, they're still building multi-family housing projects. They're also building apartment buildings. They're building condos. They're doing a mix of things, whatever fits um, the developer, whatever fits the zoning. Uh, It's still a hot market, but it's cooled down a little bit. And I think this year, you're still going to see prices stay high, but they're not going to continue in the double digits uh, increases of your homes that we've seen in the past couple of years.
0: When I was prepping for our chat, I wanted to talk about something, and I think we may have touched on this before, but uh, it was interesting to me that consumer sentiment was down in March, lowest level in more than a decade, but then I also saw consumer confidence was up in March. What is the difference between consumer sentiment and consumer confidence?
1: Well, there's not there's not much difference anymore. And I noticed that that some of these are not even put out by the Bureau of Labor Statistics or the Bureau of Economic Analysis and the consumer sentiment. You're you're correct. It has it has decreased. It's a little bit. okay. Uh, it's the University of Michigan putting this out and what they're doing, they're tracking the sentiment in the U.S., based on random samples of U.S. households. Um, so the, that's the sentiment. The confidence is a little bit broader index based on spending and based on demand, based on supply of goods and services. So I think you're gonna see the sentiment uh, during recessionary periods or close to recessionary periods. I'm not saying we're in that area. Uh, you're gonna see increased consumer confidence uh, when we expand. So some of these indexes, uh, they have some really good colleges. One of them, University of Michigan, University of Chicago. Uh, there's a good professors out there who track this, but when tracking this, I'm not sure also of the, I guess you would say, the households, the number that they track, and how and what the margin of error is. So I take it a little bit grain of salt. I look for things such as GDP, housing starts, all these other kinds of things. I actually travel to see if people are, are out there spending money, and boy, they're still spending money, Matt.
0: That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.